Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Let's jump right into that weekly dose of things you can disagree with. Take it away, guys. You know, hey, guess what? Whatever. We're back. <laughs> it's been been a couple weeks. Well, we're back. Well, welcome yeah. back to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. And this whole time has been Armando's fault here. Is it Armando? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> the first week, um, you were out all night, and last week you just bailed. I was so. also out all night. <laughs> oh, the the wiles of youth. <laughs> I love it. I was. But no, I, I told I told myself like no matter what I would uh, make it this time. I That's wasn't cool. out all night, but um. Yeah, I set my alarms and everything. So that's cool. That's cool. I was at a hockey game last night. Oh yeah, was, you were telling me about it. It went it to like amazing. OT, no? Yeah, it was amazing, dude. I've never seen that before. Like a three-person, three-on-three shootout. It was pretty, pretty cool. I don't know much about hockey, so but mm-hmm. last night made me want to. Interested. You know, yeah, it did. It really did. I was like, okay, I want to learn the rules now so I know what the fuck's going on. It was like, hockey's like watching rugby. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, I don't really know all that much about it either, but like, I know like the basic, basic things, you know? Yeah, I do. I, I need to start at one of those, um, those YouTube videos that says this is a hockey puck. And, and that's sort of be a good place for me to start because otherwise all I know is what a goal looks like. Like last night, somebody got called for unsportsmanlike conduct or some shit like that. And I was like, the whole fucking game was unsportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I'm going to learn, I guess I I'm going to start going back to some more games. My, my kid liked it and it was cool. It's good. So how you pretty, been, uh, they're pretty cheap too. Yeah, not bad. I got tickets for like thirty-five, something like that. They, they yeah. start at twelve, but that's way up in the top. So, but even because it's like such a small arena that even like the nosebleeds are like, like you you have a good view, you know. Yeah, I was looking at last night. I went to uh, I went to the bull rides, and I've been to some concerts there. That is a really small place in comparison mm-hmm. to like the forum or some shit like that yeah and the forum itself is not that big either no no i was just there saw pearl jam there that was great my life's been pretty damn good this year last this last 12 months that's good yeah it's always a good thing yeah i um i'm not vegan anymore yeah you were telling me yeah i had i thought i'd tell the world because (laughs) <laughs> everybody everybody's been really supportive and a lot of people were like it's cool that you are able to you know take in information and then change your life to fit the information but i think malleability is is important in life because that's how we learn and that's how we get better that's how we don't vote for trump that, that kind of thing mm-hmm. you so <laughs> how do you uh because I know you were vegan for like years now, like how long? Like five, seven years? Uh, six years. Six years. Like yeah. that's a like that's a big change. Yeah, it, it did was. Did you just like 
jump back into it or like are you still like are you like doing like just chicken for now or like how how'd well, you uh tran- transition i'm i'm doing two i'm doing tuesday and saturday for meat and this week i ate tuesday wednesday and um last oh, so it's like dedicated days yeah i die okay I, what happened was i you know how i train like mm-hmm. fucking a beast like and and i wasn't getting i wasn't feeling it anymore it was just like i was i wasn't having the energy and everything so i started doing that research and it's about amino acids and b12 and and all this shit that's in meat that i've been trying to supplement but then i found out that the supplements your body can't process that properly unless it knows how to take it out of the the original where it comes from Mm -hmm. so i i decided to go back to um red meat and i don't i don't like beef that much so I, i this week i did the first week back i did beef once and i did bison twice and bison's a lot healthier it's grass-fed and organic and you know they they wipe its butt and and pet it before they kill it i guess i don't know but (laughs) i still feel bad about i still feel bad about taking animals life but it is imperative that we get those those nutrients out of that meat so your yeah. body can start to learn how to process and then you can supplement the lysine and and all the things that are in beef and B12 and so i just i'm i've i'm gone back to it enough to train my body to use those nutrients and i still think it's funny how i i think it's hilarious how when you tell people you're a vegan and they're like, well, where do you get your protein? And it's like, I want to, I want to say, well, where do you get your lysine, your B12, your, you know, you have no idea what the fuck you're eating. <laughs> so, so, so being a vegan has taught me to be um, better health, but it's also taught me what our bodies need in order to thrive. So here right. I am, man, and I'm feeling good. My workouts this week were like, amazing and my sleep has begin has begun to be like something i look forward to dude which is something i've never done i look forward to going to bed at night like i'm gonna i'm gonna sleep like the fucking dead and it's awesome i love it but i think that's because i quit drinking and the drugs too that's i'm on day 40 what is the Sunday? day 41 today that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. My whole life has fucking changed in the last 40 days in ways that I had never imagined, dude. That's like what? Um, it's like a, over a month, right? A little over a month? Yeah. Month and 11 days. So I'm feeling um crazy good. And like I said, like I tell people, I... For decades of my life, the longest I've ever been sober is like 100 days. And I only did that just to see if I could do it, Lalo. I mean, it wasn't like... Just because. Yeah. But this time, I I have this clear horizon now where I don't see drugs in my future. I'm not like, wow, man, in nine more days, I take that test and then I can get high. It's not, That's not it at all anymore. It's like... 
I'm clean and I want to stay clean and I see the the future clean and I see sleep in the future and clear mindedness in the future and good health and all the things that come with sobriety are and it's it's exciting. It's like I feel like a little kid at Christmas. Like, is this what my life could have been? It, did I fuck it up that bad for so long? And yeah, and so, but instead of lamenting like, oh man, for forty years I fucked myself up, I I'm thinking I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a good late middle age and and old age. I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna take care of myself, exercise, eat right, sleep, water, meditation, all the things that come with good health. That's mm -hmm. the yeah. I'm I'm excited that about my life, man. It feels good to feel good. No, that's always a, I think that's like a good, um, like a good, um, what's the word, like motto to live by. Yeah. Feels good to live good. It feels good. <laughs> I like feeling good because feeling good makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, I, I just didn't know, you know. Yeah. And when I try to tell people who don't understand i i get i don't know you can become sober and that changes your life and then or you can become healthy and that changes your life or you can you know go to school and that changes your life when you start doing everything when you start hitting all the the high points and you take care of all of it and you eat right and you sleep right and you you take that me time and you meditate and you read and you cut out bad food and you cut out I cut out everything out of my life you just get this weird feeling that everything's okay and I've never had that before there's always been some sort of stressors or and I'm not saying my life is perfect I'm I've been out of work for a fucking year. I'm deep in debt, but I can see myself getting out of it now instead of like, what the fuck am I going to do? I should get high and think about it. You know, no, mm -hmm. I, I have this clear path towards getting out of debt again and fixing my truck up and, and going on vacations and spend the time with my family and learning things and hockey games. And there's all this cool shit that's mm -hmm. happening to me. Instead of the stresses of life taking me down, I I don't worry about it. It's like I'm sailing right through them. And even if something bad happened, I, I, I'd be fine. It's like I'm going to be fine in the end because I'm taking care of myself. There is no, there is nothing's going to, I don't feel like anything's going to take me out right now. No, I think that's really good. Um, like even just like, you know, being in that environment it like that alone like helps you you know or like feeling that way yeah um, because i mean and i think it also matters like the perspective you know like how you view you know your individual situation yeah um because i mean a lot of people view things differently and it makes them um you know, react differently. Like in, in school right now, I'm, I'm learning about um, like emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, 
in comparison to like IQ, you know, which like a lot of people would tend to have like that, you know, the general sense of like, you know, how smart you are, you know, yeah. like how high your IQ is. But, you know, um, you can make the argument that emotional intelligence is, emotional intelligence is, you know, just as important, if not more important, because that's basically like you being aware of like your emotions and how they, you know, affect your behavior. Yeah. So, you know, you could be in a certain situation, um, you know, let's say somebody like just um, like lost their job, you know, so you could be in that situation and, you know, get super like depressed. And, you know, once you're depressed, like, you know, it just affects every other aspect of your life. Yeah. Anxious. Or, and- yeah. Or someone else could, you know, lose their job and then, you know they take that opportunity to like, um, you know, maybe go back to school or, you know, try to look for something where, you know, try to look for a job where they're actually happier than they were, you know, previously. So, you know, it's being aware of like how you're, like how you feel affects what you do, you know, how you react to things. Yeah, Um, it's important. Yeah, and I think having like a good, healthy, like, uh, emotional intelligence like really helps you um, like navigate through through the hard and like difficult times of like your life because that's when you're like really tested you know it's it's easy to like you know be in a good position and like uh, like it's easy to be happy during those times you know yeah so we kind of have to like train ourselves and like make ourselves like just look things in the right perspective so nothing ever really like just makes you like completely like collapse you know yeah we it's it's a mental toughness but i think that what people fail to understand is if you're out if you're if you're drinking and doing drugs and not sleeping well and not taking care of yourself and eating a bunch of shitty food there's these things that you can do to build a base that if something does happen to you you got a strong base to stand on Mm-hmm. So, and and from my from my experience that I have lost my job when I've been unhealthy, and it's easy to just go, "Oh fuck!" Now I don't feel good. On top of, I don't have a job. So, you have to have some sort of anchor in your life, be it psychological, but like a good relationship or good health. And and when you the more anchors you have in your life, the less those things, those winds can buffet you and take you out. It's like, I have a great relationship. I have great health. Um, everything, everything's just in place. The only thing I didn't have was I needed a job. And what happened was with, uh, I, I don't, not going to go into detail because I'm, I shoot myself in the foot, but I tried to get this, this job and things were going wrong and things were going wrong until I made some phone calls and then the the job got unlocked for me. But at that time it was going wrong. I was going deeper and deeper in debt and I, I was, I didn't want to panic. So every day Mm -hmm. I would meditate and think, okay, even if I don't get this job, Lalo, there's a ton of jobs out there I can get. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the way I looked at it. Instead of oh my god, if I don't get this job and I go deeper in debt, and then you you begin that cycle of spinning out. 
And there's nothing better than having a base, having a good relationship and good health and feeling good and waking up every morning rested up. And there's nothing better, no better way, healthier way to attack this life than as best you can instead of uh, I'm depressed, I'm going to get drunk and then I'm going to wake up feeling shitty and then I'm going to start that next day just from a bad point anyway. You got to, you got to, you have to, like you said, emotional intelligence and, but all that's tied to your entire life. You're, Mm -hmm. we are so many human beings are so multifaceted that one thing can take us out. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's why it's a, it's important to like, um, not so much like prepare, but just like, you know, it's almost like you're training. It's almost like a muscle, you know, like yeah. you're training your brain to like deal with different uh, things in life that may or may not come up. Um, but by doing that, like you're, you know, you're becoming, you're increasing your emotional intelligence. So you're like you're making that, you know, muscle per se, like stronger. Yeah. So feeling good makes me feel good, man. I, <laughs> I can't, I can't tell people enough that after 40 years of abusing drugs and alcohol, you you can stop at any time. You don't, it's rough, dude. It was seriously rough. But I think that the way that I approached it this time was different than any other way I've ever approached it. And I've always said, well, I got to stop smoking weed because I got to get a job, you know, or I'm going to change jobs or, and so I got a piss test. So it was always that little weight of like, and then as soon as you're, as soon as you go down to the place and you give them your piss, which has always been weird to me. (laughs) (laughs) And as soon as they say, okay, you're good. You're hired. It's like that day. I was in the sack. I was in the dig, digging deep in the in the bag and getting high and partying and laughing and going right back to feeling shitty, even though I had started to feel better. I I couldn't tie the two things together. Yeah. But this this time, I laid it down. I told my wife. I told my family. I told my friends. I'm done. I got to be done because this is taking me out a little bit at a time. And um. Everybody's understanding, but I have, I, I don't have anybody to hang out with anymore because my, all my life and all my friends, everybody was tied to that lifestyle. And now I can't go back to it. You know, I went, I went over to a friend's house, um, when I was 14 days sober and it was rough because everybody in the room was like, ha-ha and drink a beer and smoke weed. And I was like, I was just sitting there, man, you know, like, fuck. Yeah. and, and then I decided I can't go back there. And I miss, uh, listen, man, I lament the people that I've lost. I do because they were my friends, but this is going to make me a much better mental health counselor because now I have that, in my repertoire of experience 
when when people you know get sober the first thing that falls away is your your lifestyle your people and that's hard you know when your best friend is an alcoholic and you guys sit together and drink and talk about your problems and then you decide i don't want to be an alcoholic anymore you can't hang out with an alcoholic man if they're not going to follow you you got to let them go and that's that's um now i'm getting fucked up about it that's hard dude yeah but that's that's okay like i said that's going to make me a better mental health counselor and when i talk to people now about how they're losing their friends and family i can i can empathize it's i get it that's rough but it's better for me and maybe somebody will follow you you know that's what i that's what i'll tell people maybe somebody will follow you maybe you'll it maybe you'll rescue somebody from that life because it is lalo it's a rescue it really is now that i'm out of it and turn around and look about what i was doing fuck what an idiot seriously what an idiot you don't sleep well you don't your health is bad you you can't concentrate the only thing the only way you you know you come home you spend all day looking forward to getting high you come home you get high and it, it's just there's nothing there i've come further in the last 41 days than i have in the last fucking 10 years mentally Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to turn this into a fucking AA meeting. <laughs> no, that's fine. But I mean, that's good. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people that go through the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. or like similar situations that sometimes, you know, it's different when you like hear something from, from the outside. <clears throat> Even if like, you know, your friends or your family tell you the same thing, or even like you tell yourself the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes what people need is like that outside voice to tell them. And that's when it, uh, that's when it like clicks, you know? Yeah. 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 I'll talk about click. Jesus criminy. I can't believe what happened to me. I seriously can't believe what happened to me. I, I, when you when you make that decision it looks like you're it's like making the decision in the dark and then as the as the lights come start coming on as you start to sober up as you start to sleep better as you start to feel better you get clarity of mind you you get more energy your workouts are better you you want to go further and all of a sudden you're you turn around you're like what the fuck was i doing for years what did i do to myself Cause you never listen to people. It's just like, that's part of your lifestyle. You know, I, I had weed socks and weed shirts and a weed state of mind. It's just, it sucks you in and that's the life you live. And I don't want to live it anymore. I can't believe the energy levels. I mean, I've always had good energy levels and workouts, but dude, yesterday I got up and took my kid hiking we hiked down (laughs) we hiked down to the hot springs and back out of the canyon and came home and I cleaned the house and did some cooking and we went to a hockey game and I came home last night I mean I just rolled all day long without any problems it's good to be here no that's good it's a good place to be 
and anybody out there this morning that's hung over and, and got a <laughs> joint in your hand, it's good to be here. <laughs> Just believe me. <laughs> I know you don't want to believe me, but it's good. It sucks. It sucks to live like that. Have um how's um how's your workouts going, man? Good. I mean I'm pretty like I've been more consistent with like the gym and um a lot more consistent with like the eating and like what I eat and like how much I eat. Yeah. So I think it's um it's definitely helping. Cause I know when I got like sick when I got COVID, um like I wasn't super like sick with it, you know? It just it felt like a regular cold. But like looking back, I feel like uh I probably like didn't eat as much like during those like that week that I had it. Yeah. Um so I think like during that time I like lost weight. You know, like when you get sick, you like don't eat and you're just in bed all day. So yeah. you like lose a few pounds. I think that kind of like jump started like my like weight loss. And then from there I kind of like picked it up with like working out and like eating better. So yeah. um isn't it, I try to go at least like three times a week to the gym. Yeah, and, and I'm down to five days a week. I was at seven. So I was on the other opposite side <laughs> of you. I was like, man, I'd work out every fucking day until my, my body's torn to pieces. And now I'm down to seven because I want to take better care of myself. And rest days are important. I didn't know mm -hmm. that. Well, yeah. you know what? I did know that. But I was like, fuck you. I wonder what it's like to work out seven <laughs> days a week. <laughs> always extremes man always yeah so it's going good um but yeah just trying to like keep it keep it going you know that's cool that's cool you you, you said something there that triggered me it's like these things that happen to us if you are self-aware and here's the thing education and self-awareness and we talked about uh the emotional thing and all these things come together. You had something happen to you and you let it teach you a lesson. You're like, mm -hmm. I got sick. Okay. And now I got to wake up here. And that's, that's emotional intelligence. When yeah. things happen to you and you learn from it instead of letting it take you down. I, everything that I've done in the last few years has kept waking me up and it's like this long slumber that you're in when you're overweight and you're sick and you're tired and then something happens to you and you let it take you down further but instead you let covid wake you up and that's that's beautiful dude when you learn and then you keep learning and it's like these building blocks it's like covid took me out so i started to eat better and then i started to feel better and then i started to lose weight and then i went to the gym and now i feel even better and it's like you start looking forward in time to what can i do to supplement my life and make it even better instead of covid made me sick and now i'm i'm just sick all the time yeah and i mean i think you know, for a lot of people, like, that's what happens. You know, they get, like, that wake-up call for, like, whatever issue it may be. Yeah. And then that's what, you know, gets them going. But I think, you know, there are some people that 
do it before that wake up call. And I think those people have like the strongest like emotional intelligence, you know, because they don't have to wait for something. Because I mean, sometimes that wake up call is like pretty bad, you know? Yeah, heart attack, something like that. So, you know, for some people, like for me, you know, I just got sick and then I had like that stomach issue. Um, So, I mean, it wasn't anything like serious, you know? Yeah. But, you know, sometimes for a lot of people, you know, that wake up call to like stop being alcoholic is like, oh, I crashed into a like family of five and killed them all. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So I think it's important to kind of like at least try to, you know, like just like evaluate like your life and like the way it's going and like what you do and how you do things to kind of like at least you know get some sense of like am i doing this right or like should i be doing this or is this good for me like all these different questions really help you like mold um like an idea of of what you want to do and like the person you want to be yeah exactly well said it's yeah so it's um you know it's there's nothing wrong with you know like changing or making that change you know like at any point in your life and like we said sometimes you need that wake-up call um but i would say it's at least worth a shot to you know if you have like the self-awareness to like at least think about it you know even if it doesn't happen like right away like at least explore it at yeah. least make an exploration of, of the idea that's in your head. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm pretty sure like most people that like, um, like let's say smoke cigarettes, like probably all of them know that like it's bad for them, you know? Of course. Um, but they, you know, they keep doing it. So I think even just like, maybe if you just like tell yourself like every once in a while that, you know, like, Oh, this is bad. Um, or, you know, you see something small that like makes you think that, Oh, like this is really bad, you know? Yeah. Um, then I think, you know, you're kind of like chipping away at it a little bit. Um, yeah, that's always better than like, yeah. Progress. Any progress is progress because I, when I smoked, I always had that in back of my mind, you know, lung cancer. My, my dad quit smoking because his mom, my grandmother died of, cancer when she died of cancer and then my grandfather died of cancer and then all these because they smoked constantly as as all this was happening to me i was getting these ideas like this is really bad for me this is really bad for me and and i would always be like i'm fucking tough i'm a prine fuck yeah i'll make it but then as uh, i started coughing up the phlegm and doing all the shit that smokers do i started with you know what i'm not going to smoke this one (laughs) and i would like one i'll skip this one yeah i'll skip this one or i would smoke take a couple hits off of just roll down the window and toss it out it's west virginia nothing's going to catch on fire folks shut up (laughs) but it's these ways it's these steps towards and now when i want to quit something because of that because i learned how to quit slowly now when i want to quit something i just quit it i just drop it because I know going through that process is more, it's harder to go through a, a stepping down process like Nicorette or the patch or any of that shit. It, and I'm not calling it shit because it's, it's bad. 
I'm just saying it's harder to step down off of something, Lalo, than it is to just say, okay, I'm not going to drink coffee anymore and just put it down. It's better to suffer for a week than six months, in my in my opinion. But some people need to do it that way. But that's yeah. how I learned. That's how I learned. Two puffs, I'm not going to smoke the rest of this one. And the next ones, I'm going to stop it. And then I'm going to quit for these hours. And then I'm going to quit for this day. And then I'm going to cut down to the, so many. And you do all these bargaining things. It took me fucking six months to quit doing sugar, bro. When I could have just stopped. But I didn't know that at the time. Now I know. You can just put it down. It sucks. And it hurts. And you're going to be sick. And you're going to feel bad. You're going to have a headache for a week. But it's not six months of fucking struggle. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I quit smoking weed. I quit smoking weed, quit drinking, and quit coffee all in the same time period. I just put it all down. Mm Mm-hmm. Worst fucking two weeks of my life. Worst two weeks of my life. Cold turkey. Just cold turkey. Just the sweats and the shits and the shakes and no sleep. And um, I got a friend who's doing it right now, and um, he's he's like, if I haven't slept, I haven't slept for three days is what he told me. And I said, listen, dude, it gets better. It gets better. It's gonna stop. Because eventually your brain is just going to be like, okay, I can't have that anymore. And it's just going to settle down. But at this point in three days in, five days in, six days in, fuck me. I, (laughs) the nightmares, dude, I saw every hour of every day, every night for, for a week and a half. Damn. Yeah. And that's addiction. And that's why it's people can't do it. That's why it's really hard, and that's why I, I thought about going to getting some sleeping pills, and I thought, no, I'll just get addicted to that. I mean, <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's another. Exactly. It. I, I was thinking about that a couple days ago when I, I'm back to drinking. Um, I drink one cup of coffee a day. I did all the research on it, and um. You know Huberman? You know Dr. Huberman? Uh no, never heard of him. Oh, he's he's uh he's a, he's an amazing he's a neuroscientist and he he talks about coffee and and sleep and uh non-sleep deep rest and meditation and <clears throat> all the all the chemicals that your brain makes and he he explains everything to you why what shit's happening to you. And um He's he's just this amazing dude that I started following. And he said, he gave this lecture on people who give up alcohol lean on something else. Because it's like coffee or cigarettes or religion. And it's all these things that addict brain needs something to focus on. Something to take the place of, I guess, it's a... Religion, coffee, cigarettes, marijuana, all of it is like they're dopamine releases. Mm-hmm. And you get addicted to dopamine release. And then not only do you have to stop doing the thing that you're doing, you can't replace it with something else. So you can have a, a what's he call it? It's, it's a dopamine reserve. 
if you keep depleting it every day, every day, every day, pretty soon your brain just, it needs that thing that you're doing to release that dopamine. So when I stopped um, everything at once, my brain just went chaotic on me. And now I understand what I was doing. I live a better life. And a lot of people are, a lot of people I talk to are, are saying that I'm too extreme because, you know, I exercise and every day, but all the things that I I'm doing are not detrimental to me. Nothing is taken away from my family or my relationship, or it's not making me judge anybody else. It's not making me do anything. It's just feeding my health. So you gotta, I guess everybody's different, you know, and I'm just this driven person that needs to be active and needs to do what I'm doing in order to survive. And I stop judging people who don't want to exercise. And I stop judging people who don't eat right. And just live, you just want to, I just want to live a life that's um, good for me. But if you take a good deep, deep dive into my life, maybe you can get something out of it. I want to be an example to other people. And I think that's what all mental health professionals, all medical professionals, I think that's what we should do. That should be part of our calling, not only to say what's right for other people, but to live that life and to show them, yeah, see my life, you could be like this. You could be happy and calm and zen, and you could have the things that I have and not, not monetarily not objects not things but you could have this mental health that i have anybody can have it you just have to reach for it yeah no and it's good because like when people see you know people like you it you know it could inspire a lot of people to to like yeah. you know take that first step because i mean that's always the hardest step you know for a lot of things uh, in life is like just and for for a lot of things that first step is like just deciding to do something you know yeah yeah definitely um, so like that mental aspect of it like you know convincing yourself to do something is uh that's like the hardest part sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's was the hardest part for me it's like okay something's got to give here because i'm not happy <laughs> so I think a doctor, like, you know, a doctor who smokes is just, it's like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me, dude? You know, and an obese dietitian. That's what? <laughs> why, why should I listen to you? Why should, I know what you're telling me is, is right, but it's not right for you. Why would, why well, would you tell me? People like, um, it's easier for some people to like. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but like, like they know the answer or like they know certain things that they're doing are wrong, but I mean, they still like choose to do them, you know? Yeah. And in some cases, like it's, it's not bad in a sense that it doesn't affect, like it mainly like affects you personally, you know? Yeah. Like, um, you know, being, like you said, like an obese dietitian, for example, like 
if you take their, you know, advice, like, I'm pretty sure they're going to, like, give you, like, good, like, good information, you know? Right. Um, but it's not like you're going to become obese if you, like, listen to what they say, you know? They're not telling, they're not going to be telling you to, like, eat fast food, like, every day, even though they might do it, you know? Um, so I think, you know, it's just, for some people, it's just hard to, like, um, do make the change like personally, like on a yeah. personal level. Yeah. But they're still able to like, you know, give good information or like give good advice and things like that. So it just, I, I would say it also kind of depends on like what it is because I mean, um, you know, some people like, um, you know, especially like drug counselors, like a lot of them are past like users, you know, and past right. addicts. So, um, you know, and they could be some of the best people to talk to when it comes to like, um, you know, dealing with, uh, drug use. Yeah. Like I said, I'm going to be a better mental health counselor now, but that's, that's because I, I stopped and, and I found a better way. I, and like I said, I'm not judging anybody, but here, when you look at it, when you, when you step back and take a look at it from the 10,000 foot view, a parent is, is in charge of their children and raising their children and a parent who is smoking and drinking and running around and cheating on their wife and doing everything in front of their kids and then telling them this isn't the way to be is not, that's, that's not, that's detrimental to the child. That's sending two different messages at once and as human beings, Lalo, you and I both know as mental health professionals, nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, the person's going to choose the easier path. Yeah. So it, if you are an obese dietitian, you're sending mixed messages is what you're doing. And you're mm-hmm. not, you know, if you choose to go into that field I think all I'm saying is you should choose, you should understand that making that choice is more than just learning about it and talking about it because mental health professionals with, you know, mental health problems and, and, and drug and alcohol problems and doctors who smoke and do drugs, these are mixed messages and you're not going to help your population that you're interacting with because most of them are just going to choose to be like you instead of listen to you. So I know that is the easier. uh, That's always the easier thing to do. Yeah. And I feel bad that I've been working with. It's not guilt and I'm not, you know, overcome with it because I, I had problems but I feel like I wasn't an effective counselor. I wasn't an effective friend when I'm, when I'm telling people, you know, Hey, you need to, you need to straighten up. And I would go home and get fucking shit faced drunk or smoke weed or, you know, do what I was doing. I was living this double life. They didn't know it. So I looked like I was, being effective and I probably was more effective than someone who is taking a drink and telling you not to drink because I was doing it in secret 
but I think now I'll be more effective because it's now it's honest. Mm -hmm. So I'm coming from a place where, Hey, you know what? I was a total fuck up. And, and like you said, drug and alcohol counselors that were complete fuck ups for years and years and years make the best drug and alcohol counselors because they're empathetic. I get it. And when, when a, when someone's on drugs and a meth addict turns to you and says, you know, you know, meth being, being on meth is hard and I don't think I can make it. That ex meth addict can say, yes, you can. Cause here's an ex meth addict right here. And here they trade stories and they trade, they trade experiences. And then the person that's on and using gets an understanding. Oh, okay. There is a pathway out of this. You just, kept, you just have to find it. You just have to find it. Instead of, let's get high and, and uh, I, I'm a meth addict and I, I need you to stop doing meth. Do you want to buy some? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an obese dietitian. You need to eat better. Um, I'm going to stop at Arby's on my way home. You know, it's not, you, to be an effective, to be an effective counselor, you also have to be, an example that's all i'm saying or you should be yeah. an example and i i'm not judging anybody who's not that example because this fucking life is is rough man and all the things that we need for those little dopamine releases are all around us and when you get addicted to that it's it's nearly impossible to climb out and for those of you who did God damn, man, I, I have the utmost respect for people who quit. I really do. I have so much respect for to see an obese person out walking or in the gym or someone who's overweight will tell you, you know what, I'm trying to eat better. It's like, that's that's it. That's what you fucking need. That's the thing you need. I'm trying because when you try you can make headway. And when you make headway, you can get addicted to that. You can get addicted to, I lost 10 pounds. And that's the way you should be. That's, it's, that's a good addiction. It's a good addiction. I have a great addiction. I love to get up and work out at 5 o'clock in the morning. People roll their eyes at me, and I'm like, go ahead and roll your fucking eyes. I don't give a shit. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude. We went from hockey to... Telling people how to live right. This fucking <laughs> weird podcast. Huberman. Dr. Andrew Huberman. Check check him out sometime. What kind of... Uh, like, is he just like a general doctor? I, he, or, I think like he a was... A, he's an ophthalmologist and he specializes in neurosurgery. Ne the neurological aspects of ophthalmology. Like he's really like his specialties, like really pinpointed. It has okay. everything, everything to do with your brain. And he's taught me a lot. So he taught me about supplementing my um, amino acids and watching, you know, w watching my dopamine releases because people who, um, the people who swing from high to low all the time, like I got lots of energy. I got no energy. I got lots of energy. I got no energy. Sometimes those people are misdiagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder when all it is is like they're mismanaging their 
dopamine releases. And you can actually do that. You can actually stay calm. And then it, there's all kinds of things. Addiction is one of the, the addiction is tied to dopamine releases. It's, it's a, there's direct correlations. Like if you're addicted to porn, it's that dopamine release you're looking for. It's not the porn. It's not the food. It's not the drugs. It's not, it's that dopamine release. Your, your brain is like hooked on that. And that's the thing you, when you dive into addiction on a, on a neuroscience level, it's like, it's really cool. The things that have come to me recently in the last few months, when you dive into something like the, the mechanical aspects of addiction, it's, it's an explanation. Like if you understand how a car motor works, you understand what's wrong with it, then you know what to fix. So if you understand how your brain is working and then what you're doing to it is causing your brain to do this, then addiction becomes a mechanical process that it's easy to go. Oh, okay. If I just tweak my performance, if I just stop doing this one thing, then that addiction is going to fall off faster because I have an, uh, a deeper understanding of it. And that's why I was able to stop drugs and alcohol without, um, you know, AA, without going to doctor, without taking drugs, without the patch, without, you know, all those things. It was just I had this deeper understanding of what I was doing to myself. So when it becomes a dopamine situation, you go further than oh it's it's a cigarette it's not the cigarette it's what your brain is doing with that nicotine yeah so it's just a matter of like replacing that thing you know with something yeah. that's like productive or like healthy yeah it, the only the way i explained it to somebody the other day is when you have like a road that goes through a valley and over here and over the valley and over it, it's up and down, up and down, up and down. If you can fill in those valleys and smooth out that road, that makes, that makes your, your drive easier and shorter because you know, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line instead of that wave. So if you're, if you just calm yourself down and you can get, you can ride through those, those, dopamine needs then your brain actually takes the dopamine that you were using and it puts it in reserve and then things feel a lot better and that explains why that explains a lot because if you're addicted to porn and you masturbate a lot they say that sex isn't as good because you you have um you've been dumping dopamine over and over and over and over again every day. So you cut down on the masturbation, you cut down on the porn and sex becomes better. So the things that you do allow yourself to do, and it's not really an allowance. It's like sex isn't an allowance. It's, it's what we do as human beings. But if you take away all the extraneous bullshit, then the thing that your brain likes that thing even more. So Cut down on masturbation, sex becomes better. Cut down on coffee every day and once a day or, you know, a pot a day, once a day it gets better. Cut down on 
all this extraneous shit that we're doing to try to get this dopamine release and your, your mind becomes calmer and the things that you do like become super enjoyable. It's, it's just science, man. I mean, if we listen to science, we wouldn't have, you know, we would mask up and we wouldn't, we wouldn't have coronavirus, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. I'm thinking, you know, maybe I want to go back to school now, become a better counselor. Because before I was just doing it because I was good at it and the money was there. I just didn't necessarily enjoy it because I think I was living that double life. I think I was living a life that was like, you enjoy this, but you're, you're not, you're disingenuous. And no one, I don't think anybody wants to be disingenuous, especially, no. when, especially when you know, you, you know, you're doing it. No, that's a good, um, all oh, these are very good, like, um, things to think about when, cause I know sometimes for a lot of people, I mean, even like for myself, um, like doing things like making big changes, like when they're like right in your face and like affecting you it's really hard to do them then you know sometimes it's easier to like uh decide to make a change like when you have like a clear mind yeah or when you you know when that thing is not like super like stressing you out you know um and when you approach things you know with a clear mind with an open mind i think sometimes it it gets a little easier to um you know to do that thing or to make that change or to to finally uh you know make whatever switch you you're thinking about doing yeah what what do you mean what like example so like um you know let's say you're going through like a situation where uh, let's take like healthy eating you know for example um and for some people like uh you know, let's say you go to the doctor and the doctor's telling you like, oh, you got to eat healthier and, you know, you know, try to work out, go for walks. And at that, like, at that certain like point in time, you know, you're just like, oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll start, you know, eating cleaner or whatever. Right. Um, but a lot of people like, especially like humans, like we're very, you know, stubborn and stuff. So, um, <laughs> you could say that <laughs> like it has to, come from like because i mean everybody in the world could tell you something but if it doesn't like come from you like you're not going to do it you know right and sometimes those moments where it comes from you is when you're like um when you don't have somebody like telling you about it um and you kind of just like bring it up on your own um i think that's also when it clicks for a lot of people you know yeah because i mean every doctor could tell you like hey you're unhealthy or you know if you keep going this way you're gonna like get diabetes or whatever heart disease um but i mean i'm there's tons of people that you know their doctors tell them that and like it doesn't really change anything for them you know right um yeah and there's I, a lot of people that get like that health scare and it still doesn't like change anything for them you know yeah and that's sad that's that's a deep addiction right there yeah so i think sometimes like and it's not just like personal issues, but I think a lot of issues, like when you, um, 
when you think about them, if you when you like try to think about them and think through them when you're not necessarily like going through it. Um, Cause I think at that point you come in with like an open perspective, you know? Yeah. And at that point it's, it's a lot, I would say it's a lot easier to kind of um, see things differently when um, they're not, you're not, you're not like so preoccupied with that certain issue, like at that specific time. So no, you could just be, you know, at your house, um, you know, watching TV or something. And you start thinking about, oh, you know, maybe I do need to start like eating clean. And like, how hard would that be? And like, what would I have to change? And, you know, how different will my like, you know, routine be? And, you know. Yeah, um, that's a good, that's, that is an excellent point, man. That's an excellent point. Because having the thought, I need to eat better is way different than how can I eat better? Way different. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't, I think a lot of people are, I mean, most of us are like afraid of change, you know, and like afraid of like getting out of our comfort zone. Right. But sometimes those comfort zones like aren't good for us. Um, And that's like in a lot of things, you know, uh, lifestyles, like relationship, things like that. Um, like they're not good for us. And a lot of the time, I would say most of the time, like we know it's not good for us. Um, but at the same time, we're like used to it and, you know, good or bad, it's like a routine for us. So it's in a sense comfortable, you know? Yeah. Um, so we need a, like, it's hard to get out of that. It's hard to get out of your comfort zone. Um, but you know, the best way to do is to like, just do it, you know, and different people have like different, um, like there's so many different ways to like take that first step. You know, some people benefit from, you know, like support systems, like telling them, you know, like, Hey, you know, let's, you know, let's go for a walk or let's, you know, get something different to eat. Some people benefit better from, you know, talking themselves into it. So I think it's important to like try different, you know, avenues and try different things because yeah, we don't really know what works for us until we try it and figure it out. Yeah. And that's why we need, that's why we need as humans, all these different, there's self-help books and there's self-help movies and there's therapy and there's AA and there's group and there's friends and there's family and there's everybody is tied to the world in with different tendrils and you know the the pack mentality needs the 12-step program and 25 people to tell them you know you're gonna do it you're gonna do it and then the lone wolf mentality like myself is like i i just burn the motherfucker i don't want it anymore and i'll fight through it myself and we're all different and it's when I run into other pack mentality people, you know, I still know that way, but I'm less sympathetic. But when I run into the lone wolf that wants to quit, I like that guy. I like that girl. It's like, I smoke, I, I'm going to stop smoking cigarettes. I'm on day one. How you doing it? I'm just, I just fucking threw the pack away. Okay. Those are my people. That's my tribe. And it, I'm beginning to understand that, 
in such a way, in such a deep and profound way that we need our tribe and everybody's different and no one should be judging anybody else. No one should be judging anyone else. You shouldn't judge people who go to um, AA meetings. You should, even if you don't agree with the 12-step program, even if you don't agree with the religious aspect of it, you should push that person towards their pack. Excellent. Go do that. And when you meet somebody who's like, I'm quitting drinking. Well, how are you doing it? I'm just fucking quitting drinking. Way to go, dude. You know, we need to be more cheerleaders for each other than you need to do it like I do or you need to do it like I say. If I've read all kinds of different books, I can I can push people in all kinds of different directions and we need to be more supportive of one another instead of this this thing that's happened in America where everybody's against everybody else and if you don't think like I think, then fuck you, you're wrong. I it's it's a better world when we support each other and you made some great points today dude um i learned a lot from doing this podcast i learned a lot about myself i it's it's almost like a therapy session <laughs> because i get to talk these things out with somebody who's understanding and supportive and pushes back when I say something or you say something, the other person can push back like today. I could say, Hey, I need an example. And then you can give that example. So this is, um, this is a better life when we support each other and it's a better life sober. And I support anybody that can walk through the fire that I've walked through in the last 40 days. It's been unfucking real tough. I feel like I climbed a mountain. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's no like, there's no one way to do anything, you know? Yeah. There's no one solution to anything. Um, so it's always, it's just a matter of like what works for you, you know? And it's also good, like you said, to like not um, like judge people so easily, I guess. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I've um, like worked on. Um like in the past like few years because i mean like let's say even something like um like at, at an aa meeting you know like there's people that you know um the thing that really helps them through it and solve their um their addiction is like religion you know right um and people have told me that you know people have like um in work or like just in life they've told me like oh yeah like you know i used to do you know, so-and-so, I used to do all these drugs or I used to drink. Uh, but then, you know, I became religious and like, you know, that, you know, changed everything for me. And, you know, I'm not gonna, cause I mean, you know me, I'm not, I'm like not the biggest fan of religion. <laughs> you like, be both, first, brother. Yeah. The, like, I'm not going to hear that and be like, oh, like, you know, fuck your religion, blah, blah, blah. Right. Because, you know, that helped them you know, overcome like, you know, their demons or like their struggles. So, you know, different people have different um, solutions, you know, there's no one size fits all for, you know, fixing addiction or fixing like obesity. Right. So I think that's important to 
to acknowledge because something that works for you is not going to always work for somebody else. Um, and that's okay, you know, because a lot of people are quick to, you know, um, that's where a lot of like the judgment comes from. Right. Because, you know, a lot of people have like similar struggles and you, you know, you'll tell them like, oh, I tried this and it worked out and they might try it and then it doesn't work out. And yeah. then, you know, they tell you like, oh yeah, I tried it. It just wasn't for me. And then, you know, a lot of people, you know, hear that and like go to judgment. They're like, oh, then you must not want to get better. You know, right. It worked for me. And look right. at me. The only, the only way I, the only judgment I would have when someone says, oh, I tried that and it didn't work for me. And, and I want to, my next question is, well, what are you trying now? Because if you recognize there's a problem and that didn't work, well, there's another solution, isn't there? I mean, yeah. isn't there another avenue that you can try? Because not everybody looks good in a cowboy hat, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just basically the way I would say it. It's like, okay, so you went and you tried a cowboy hat on and that didn't work. Have you tried a fucking beanie? <laughs> <laughs> So my only judgment to, towards people who have serious issues that are impacting not only them, but their family, their culture, their work, their, you know, all the problems that addictions cause. My only problem with people like that is those who aren't trying, those who aren't seeking a solution. It's like when you when you're an alcoholic and you go to AA and you're like, well, that didn't work. Well, there's different programs there's 12 step programs without religion. There's 10 step programs. There's six step programs. What are you looking for? If you're looking to quit and the epiphany is the light is on strike while the iron is hot, keep looking because if that didn't work, something else might. Yeah. Don't just roll in it, man. That's, that's <laughs> the people that that's the people I have trouble with. Yeah. I, and I, as I as I go further in this life and further in in this this mental health profession, I I need to lighten up on the people that don't have the epiphanies because I just have I just have this mindset that epiphany is such an a personal thing. And like you said a, a minute ago, you were like you're watching TV and all of a sudden the light just comes on. Oh shit. I need to do something. I'm not sure what caused that. It wasn't the television. It wasn't anything that I've said. But I think all the things that have turned on in my life, all the epiphanic moments have come from all the epiphany that is, is um, my favorite word because when you look at it, it's like 10 different people or 10 different um, things, television shows, a book, a radio, a podcast, you know, all the things, all the information we get, we get tidbits of information from each and every one that have nothing to do with anything with each other. And all of a sudden, those 10 things fit together in a puzzle in your mind. And you're like, oh, shit, that was the final puzzle. That was the final puzzle piece. What what Bob and Lalo just said, that was the puzzle piece that finally made the light come on. So I need to, I have trouble with people who, who, who aren't trying. 
So I, I need to soften my stance towards them and know that if I just give them one piece of information, it might just be a piece of the larger puzzle. And just because it wasn't me who turned that on for them, it was something that I said, and then something Lalo said, and then a book they read, and then a quote they heard, and then something from TV, and then something from church. And then all of a sudden, you go, oh, fuck, I, I need to change. So there, I just did it to myself. I just softened mm -hmm. my stance towards people who aren't aren't trying because they're-, they're And sometimes there's a reason they're not trying, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you have to like address that and- um you know, they'll be able to like get on track. Yeah. Wow, dude. We should write a book. <laughs> <laughs> but no one would listen to it. <laughs> hey, man, have a good week. Okay. You too. This was nice. This was good. This was uh, eye opening for everyone, including the host. <laughs> Which is I. That's my Always favorite. Thing. That's my favorite kind of. That's a, that's why reason I like podcasts so much is because I just get things that you. It's like I said. It's like therapy sessions. You're like, oh fuck, man, I need to soften my stance against people who aren't trying. Shit. <laughs> now I got to change my life because of a stupid podcast. All right, man. Were you gonna make it next week? Yeah, I should be here. All right, I'll try to be here. <laughs> Oh, because you got your you're starting next week, no? Or you, I'm sure no. there's like things you gotta like prepare and stuff. Well, I e even if I work nights, I don't go to work till Sunday evening, so this podcast okay. will be unaffected. I'll just be tired for a few weeks, few months. <laughs> I'm I have this plan to get yeah, myself big, out uh, of debt, get myself out big, of debt uh, in ten months. So okay. I, I got to work hard, but. At the same time, I'm not going to let my relationship suffer, my health, the things that I like to do, my podcast, my exercise. None of that is going to be put to the side. I'm just going to put some pressure on myself to get myself out of debt. That's it. That's all it is. It's not like, you know, I'm, I'm going to work three jobs and never sleep and get sick and fat and overweight and start smoking weed again. I don't do that. Concentrate. Yeah. Concentrate. <laughs> focus, motherfucker. Focus. All right, dude. I'll see you next week, man. All right. Sounds good. All right. Later. Later, man. You have now experienced the Thoroughly Wrong Project with your podcast hosts, Lalo and Bob. We can now be found on Pandora Radio, Apple Podcasts, Podium Podcast, or by searching The Thoroughly Wrong Project to locate our YouTube channel. You can contact us directly by email at thoroughlywrong at gmail.com or just leave a comment on any of our platforms. Until next time, thanks for spending your valuable time with us. And remember, always speak up and never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.